Welcome, welcome, welcome to At The Line. Ooh, it's been a nice week for Spurs. Wouldn't you agree with that, Mac? Hell yeah. All right, so we got our, we got a big week we got to recap. But before we do that, At The Line is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Be bold and stand out. I am Ty, along here with... What's up, everybody? It's Mac. Damn right it is. And Spurs coming off a nine-game winning streak. Hell yeah. You know what? I'm going to start betting against the Spurs all the time now. Because <laughs> it seems like they do really well when when I bet against them. So, All right. <laughs> y- you go ahead and keep losing money, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm having... This is great. So... Yep, not, Spurs are on a nine-game winning streak. They went 4-0 the last week that we will be recapping. Also, on the show tonight, we have, will have Mr. Two Shots, Jonathan Sanford, on the show tonight as well. This is going to be a fun show, man. I'm hyped. We just were recording this on Monday night after that Warriors game. Oh, I'm hyped. Boy, I'm hyped. Dude, that was actually a really, really good game. That, that was like a complete... 100% game. Like, everybody was just firing all cylinders and team playing nice. We'll, we'll get into it. For it was sure, great. Yeah. I was about to say, it's a great game. But first, we got some more great games we got to recap. So. But before we get that, like I said, visit At The Line is part of Belly Up Sports. Go visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles from all your favorite sports, such as football, racing, basketball, hockey, and now basketball, thanks to us being there. And they even have more sports, all that. So go check them out at Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports, or check them out online at BellyUpSports.com. Belly Up Sports, be bold, stand out. We are also a part of the Rise Up Podcast community. Whoop. Rise Up is a community dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts all around. Go check out the podcast part of the community at bit.ly forward slash Rise Up Pod Community, or on Twitter at RUPodCommunity. Yep, Rise Up Podcast Community. Go check them out. All right, so let's get started with the very first game, which was last Tuesday against the Mavs. They won 12-105 in Dallas. We were, I was at the game. I had a great time. Was able to get tickets at like 5.30, which was like a, two hours before the game. <laughs> but Spurs got a nice win. It was a really good win from what I saw. It was, some parts it was sketchy, some parts it was not. But the Spurs played fine. I will say... Even though the Mavs are essentially tanking, that crowd was still showing up, and they were loving on Dirk. That crowd was loud. You know, the good thing about that crowd is is that the Spurs always have a good representation in Dallas. So you have a good amount of Spurs fans and Mavs fans, um, and and so it gets it gets crazy. Oh, I was a be- I was behind some Spurs fans, and I think one of the guys I forgot who it was. You, I think you had a follower that was also at the game that was literally in the in the section next to my section. <laughs> That's awesome. I was actually going to tell you, I was like, hey, go pick him up <laughs> if he didn't have good seats, but he had pretty good seats. Yeah, he he had seats that were closer to the court than me. So, But the Spurs had a really good game. Derek White, I think he's been a highlight of this winning streak. He's been shutting down people left and right, and Luka was his, was his next victim here. Luka was held 12 points on 5-8 to eight shooting. That's 28%. And went 11% at the free throw line. <laughs> Damn. Nine he, nine turnovers, too. Like, I have I have nothing, of course. I am a huge Derek White fan now. But how much of that was attributed to Luka's injury? Do you think that Do you think that messed with him a little bit? I think it messed with him, but also you can't... But Luka eventually started looking like him, his old self. He was moving just fine later in the game. He did nick up his knee. I don't remember when in the game. I think it was in the third quarter he messed it up, but he was still being shut down in the first half. And it was, and Lucas still was showing up too. He also just cannot make his free throws for God for his save him. Jesus, yeah. it was it was it, tough to watch. You know, and, and following up on that, like the game, the next game that the Mavs had, um, it was against the Nuggets. Mavs versus the Nuggets, and then Luca has this crazy ass beautiful slam dunk on Jokic and somebody else um, took on two guys, and so they go up by one point um and then <laughs> and then since they fouled him luca takes the the free throw shot and misses oh, and on the other side comes and he banks the shot and he wins it by a point and it was like oh my like it just i feel i feel bad for luca in that instance because it's, it's so yucky <laughs> hey at least this is happening in a season where it doesn't really matter for them yeah but i mean just like 
It's a learning for experience. His psyche. Yeah, yeah, for his psyche, it sucks, though. Yeah, I remember him saying in that game where he, he said that the loss was all on him. And I was like, right. I was wondering, because how, how was the loss on him? Because I didn't see him on the court for defense that game. But I was like, then hearing that, I was like, oh, well, that's that's why. Um, yeah, it was, it was bad. But this was a Derek Lamar... Marcus and Demar had really good games. Derek went twenty three points on sixty three percent shooting, three of five, three points, seven assists, and three steals. Lamarcus twenty eight points on fifty eight percent shooting, seven rebounds, as well as a steal and block to go along with it. But Demar, baby, that man went off thirty three points, six assists, four steals, and was perfect at the line eleven for eleven. Demar is back, boys, back. Dude, he's been hot, man. It's been awesome to watch too. I mean, he's he's literally had. I think he's turned that corner, and um, and and you know, he's December December form. Like he's, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that the rest that he needed or what. But he's turned it on, and it's clicking for him right now. Like it's just it, everything. I mean, he's back. You know, he's back to to what what we thought. You know, the Demar we were getting in the beginning of the season, where everybody was like, dude, this guy can garnish MVP votes. Dude, I don't think it's just DeMar that's clicking. This whole team is clicking. Also, yep. fun fact, since the Spurs traded Pau Gasol, they are on a nine-game winning streak. Boo, 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 boo. That's like one of those like those air horn drops. Pau had the worst player performance on the court against the Spurs <laughs> of any of any buck during that whole during the whole season. And I, it was beautiful. We told you. We, we told you. We was I wrong? Was I wrong about Pal? Nope. Damn right I wasn't. You were not wrong. You were not wrong. Spurs had a great game. They were out-rebounding that team, too, which I thought was pretty impressive. Jakob has been great. Uh, we'll talk about Jakob next, in the next few games. But Spurs also, the best free-throw shooting team, I believe, in the league, went 18-for-18 at the free-throw line that game. This team is fun to watch again. It's fun to watch, and we're not, like, groaning of bad defense or close games like this. Especially the next game, which was against the Knicks in San Antonio, one hundred nine to eighty three. It was just a dominating win for the Spurs. They, I think, their largest lead of the night was like thirty two point twenty eight points. Knicks only had their biggest lead was one point. God, and it was just in the first when they were kind of trading points before they even hit ten. So, yeah, I, re- I really didn't get to see this game because I was working, but. Um... I think this is those are one of those statement wins that they needed to carry the momentum on to you know these next two games um, against the Blazers and the Warriors, and that's what we've been wanting. I mean, that's what, and I think as as a fan, you get to that point where it's like, okay, we know what this team is made of, and we know what this team can do, and so we want to see these like winning fixes everything. If you start winning, people start loving you back. <laughs> There's not too much criticism, but of course, you have to start winning. Um, and that's the problem is that, especially in the rodeo road trip, coming off of the rodeo road trip is just, there was so many of these or pretty much all losses that just made you feel like crap. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, then you start winning some and you start feeling good and the city starts feeling good and the fans are feeling good and everybody's grooving and vibing and that's what they needed. So I'm glad they're finally starting to get back to that and starting to destroy people. Yeah, and in that Spurs game, the Spurs forced 16 turnovers with six blocks and eight steals that game. They only allowed 14 points in the fourth quarter, even with their reserves on the floor, because Lamarcus, because the starters essentially got pulled out maybe with 10 minutes left in the fourth because they already had a big lead and they needed rest for the back-to-back against Portland. Right. This team still showed up, and I think. I'm not sure. I think you missed it, but Jakob had a bad sunburn on his shoulders after, <laughs> after like the three days of rest, and because I think he was left out, he wasn't he wasn't used to the s- Texas sun that we are used to, <laughs> and he had a like he was really red on his shoulders, and he played through it. But then coming into the second half, he had a t-shirt on underneath the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? I worked because he had eight. He had five blocks. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to love lobster purdle. You know, like you have these like little like superhero things. There's Untuck Kyrie. There's, um, there's Untuck Kyrie. Then there's, you know, like Untuck Kawhi. Um, you had these little personas and then you have like headband LeBron. And now we have lobster purdle. Lobster <laughs> he's purdle. destroying people because he was kind of red today too. And he was taking it down. He was just 
beating the hell out of the Warriors. Dude, this back-to-back he was great because going into the Blazers game, which was a 108-103 to win in San Antonio, Jakob in the two backs in the back-to-backs with the Knicks and the Blazers, he had 10 blocks total between those two games. 10 Damn. blocks. This dude is too good, man. I'm telling you, uh, and I'm glad people are starting to jump on the Pirtle, the Pirtle train because, I mean, this kid is 23 years old. 23 years old, and he has so much potential because he's he's not like your traditional big where, where he's a big stocky guy, like a Steven Adams type, even though Steven Adams has great footwork and he's pretty quick for his size. But Jakob is in that, like, in between. He's not too big and he's not too skinny. So he can still bang down at the bottom, still you know box out the you know the big guys. It's just he's he's going to be such a nice addition to this team. And and like Lamarcus Aldridge said, he's like when he moved back to the to to the, the four spot, that's home for him. That's that's where he feels comfortable. He, he's not having to you know to expend a lot of energy trying to contest these rebounds or trying to to get putbacks or anything like that. His his game is bread and butter. Is that is working in that. You know, five to ten foot range. You know, five to twelve foot range, where he's just either either he can go up and and, and get a um, quick bucket. You know, by by doing a quick layup or just pop a shot. Boom, he's doing so good, dude. He fights for rebounds, and this dude is a finisher. If you look at his stats, seventy eight percent of his attempts come at the rim, and he makes seventy percent of those attempts. It's good lord. He can finish at the rim if it's a layup, a reverse, or a purdle jam. I love the Pearl Jam. That's <laughs> that's a really good because it's like it's it's a play. It's a good pun. That's a great pun. I like a great, it. It's a great pun, and I can't. I think uh, Bill Land has that has that uh, credit because he whenever he does dunk it, he he dunks it with some good authority. Those are mean ass dunks. Yeah, he's he's so smooth too. Like with a dunks, kind of like it's just a very smooth dunk. I don't know, like. <laughs> It's a he's got he's got game. That's all. That's all I can say. He's got game. It was a close game. It was a I know Lamarcus. He reject he rejected a game of a pretty clutch shot that could have put the Blazers I believe tied with them. And Demar had twenty one points, uh, eight rebounds, three assists, one turnover. He had eight rebounds, three blocks, and one steal. Then Jakob with five blocks that game is just him being able to finish. I like Jakob. I'm glad that we got him. I was originally not happy because I thought the Spurs could have got Jonas Valanciunas, who I was really high on in that Kawhi trade. But seeing that yeah. we still got a Nar center, I was like, okay, dude's young too. It can replace Powell finally. And I think what Lava's predicted that Jakob would be would be starting later into the season, and he's definitely shown up. Yeah, actually, you're actually right about that. A lot of people didn't think he was... Like after immediately after the trade, a lot of people didn't think that he was going to start right away, and so again, people always and and you know I'm included, but people always doubting Pop and and his, his tactics. You know now he's and, and it was good that this whole situation, looking at looking at it back, you know looking back at it, this whole situation with Powell really helped out where, um, you know. Pertle was able to develop a little bit and understand the the culture and the role here in San Antonio with you know with the Spurs, and so I, I think it's it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, now that I'm looking back on it, and thinking back back on it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that Gasol took as much time as he needed to, and then the Spurs released Gasol when they did because it allowed Pertle to marinate and, and develop in this in the system exactly. and the culture and understand his role so and he's flourished ever since as as you well put it he's flourished ever since pal's been gone all right now going on to the game of the night probably the biggest win from the spurs all season a 111 to 105 win against the warriors the warriors did not have demarcus cousins or andre iguodala which i think was able to give the spurs to expose that lack of depth the warriors bench has it was fun uh, Spurs defense. <laughs> this is probably the best defensive performance all season long. In the first half, Curry and Clay were only limited to eleven points, and Curry was four for fourteen. One of them being that craziest half court shot. Yeah, that was insane. But like, there's there's always that game. There's always a game where Curry will will have like this insane shot. I honestly thought he was gonna come out on fire. Oh, I thought he was that. too. Like, I thought he was gonna be lined up, laser sighted on it. Kind of glad. I mean, Derek did his job. Derek 
I swear to God, if Derek does not get all defensive NBA, this Spurs team is so much. It's clicking so much better, and I love it. It's awesome. Curry was held down to twenty five points, and Curry's the kind of guy that will go off for thirty at some nights. Kevin Durant was held off to twenty four points. Curry only had thirty six percent shooting. With and he, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine this 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 stat. Curry shot eighteen three point attempts. Eighteen. Jesus. And he only made six. So that's Spurs defense for you. That's that's insane. Like it's just and people thought that well, everybody thought that this this team was not gonna be good defending the three or or defensively, period. But again, somehow Popovich has gotten his team to do what they need to do and be a solid team. Dude, and also add on DeMar's stats where he had 26 points, almost had a triple-double with 9 rebounds and 8 assists. He had 3 turnovers, only 1 steal, but he shot 52% and had that clutch shot over Clay too. Yeah, that was so nice. I love that. Like, right in your face, bang shot. Like, that was such a good shot. And DeMar's also been playing some really good defense too. A defense, Probably the best de- defense in his whole career. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, again, I mean... DeMar has bought into the idea that he needs to play defense. He needs at least, or at least some sort of defense. And he's done it. He's gotten, he's gotten to the point where he's getting in front of players, um, you know, keeping his hands up, being, being a pest as best as he can. I mean, he's a six, seven dude. So he has the ability to, to be good defensively if he, if he wanted to. And again, he had that. Everybody thought that, he wasn't a good defensive player, but coming to the system, he's definitely showed otherwise. Yeah, and I can't say how much I love Demar. Demar is—I think he was the perfect guy to get to this team and return for Kawhi at least. I don't think the Spurs would have got anyone better, to be honest, in that Kawhi trade. And they got a guy who's loyal, who's passionate about this game, and who can ball. And the dude is improving, and he's like thirty at this. He's thirty, right? Yeah, yeah, he just turned thirty. I think like this half this off season, this this past off season, I think. I think so, and he's still improving his game, and it's awesome to see. Especially, and he trusts Pop. It's overall around good game for Spurs. And I, this team, I love watching them again. They're so much fun to watch. Big win this was for them, especially in this part point of the season. I mean, regardless of of regardless of however the you know the quiet situation in Toronto turns out, I, I definitely think the Spurs received a good compensation package in return. They got somebody that they that actually understands loyalty and wants to be wants to be treated you know as such, and and he's given so much up for his for his organization, you know, in Demar, and then they got a great prospect in a, in a position that they needed in Pirtle. And he's only 23. So he's going to be around for at least, hopefully he's going to be around at least for the next 10, you know, 10, 12 years. And then they got a, a, a first round draft pick and everybody's like, well, what if Toronto isn't, you know, doesn't, what if their, their draft pick doesn't get into the twenties, you know, because there's that stipulation. Like if it was before the twenties, then, um, then it would, turn into the two second or two second rounders but it was like do they have Kawhi? (laughs) like they have Kawhi and they have a decent team like of course they're gonna they're gonna be really really good also Um, currently it's the 29th pick and the spurs seem to get steals when with Deshante and Derek white with 29 picks exactly like and that's the thing is like everybody's like oh it's gonna be a late first rounder who the hell cares who cares (laughs) like the spurs have been nailing nailing the draft these past few seasons and you guys are upset about that? Like, why would you care? Like, I'd rather have just two first period, whether, you know, it's in the, it's in the middle or whether it's in the end. Like, who the hell cares? No, number <laughs> 29, better. number 29 is their lucky number at this point. Right. Like, it's just, it's just, it's good. Like, it's, it's a, right. Like I said, it's a great package. Yes, there was other packages that could have been better, but at the time it was a good return investment. So, and it's, it's, it's finally coming to fruition. So, you know, I, I'm, you know, I was upset in the very beginning with it, especially because of Kawhi leaving. But, you know, over time, those wounds close and, and they heal. And so it's at that point. All right. So when we come back, we got Mr. Two Shots himself, Jonathan Stanford, joining us at the line. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at The Line. One, it's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. All right, and welcome back to the line. We have a very special guest today. It's Mr. Two Shots himself, Jonathan Sanford, the former PA announcer and the creator of Spurs Ball, Two Shots, all those famous, famous PA noises that we know as Spurs fans, Jonathan was essentially what's created. How's it going tonight, Jonathan? Man, it's doing great. It's doing great. It's good to hear you guys, and uh, congrats on the win tonight. Oh, we are, we are too excited for that win. So you were the former Spurs PA announcer from 2013 to 2018. You're also the husband of a cancer survivor, am I correct? Oh, that's right. My wife, uh, Jennifer Sanford, um, uh, cancer survivor, and uh, it's really been nice to see her recovery, and um, uh, especially looking back at 2016 when she was diagnosed. And that season was very interesting for me. Um, didn't get a lot of sleep during the um, November, December, January time of uh, her cancer battle, but uh, it was worth it that, to see her um, overcome what she was facing and, and did so very, very well. You're also a children of your dad, not children of, you're a father of five children. That's right. So, but you're a really big family man, but you're also a very popular name and voice along the Spurs family. And, but my first question is, cause I did see that you were from Alabama. How did you find your way from Alabama to a PA mic for the Spurs? Well, growing up in Alabama, you know, there is no professional team. And I knew very early on that I wanted to be a public address announcer. I wanted to take my voice and use it for that purpose. But I knew it was going to either take me somewhere out of state, you know, Georgia, Atlanta with the Hawks, Memphis with the Grizzlies. You know, I had no idea that um, I would marry a Texan. <laughs> And and that's what got me out here to Texas. And, you know, when we moved, we first moved to um, to Houston here, where we're close to where we're at right now. And I was announcing at various locales here and around the Houston area. And people would say, well, why aren't you the voice of the Rockets or the Astros or the Texans? And and I would just say, you know, I'm, I'm in full time ministry. I just don't see that, you know, as being an option. But uh, when we made the move to Austin, uh, in Central Texas area, and I found out about the Spurs position. I mean, it just, it was a lifelong dream just unfolding before my eyes back in uh, 2012 when I first heard about the position. How, because I'm, I'm very interested in PA announcing. I did some PA announcing back for my high school team. How does one find their way into that type of position? Well, I could bore you with the entire story, so I'm not going to do that. Um, it just, it really worked out very, very well because when we moved to Austin, you know, nobody really knew me from Adam. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And um, I knew I wanted to pursue this, but it was just a matter of, you know, how am I going to get the right contact and who do I find out who has the the knowledge of these jobs. 
And it actually started for me when I went down to the Austin Independent School District there and just asked if I could um, public address announce for them and their football stadium there at Burger Stadium. If you're familiar with the movie Dazed and Confused, yeah, that's the uh, football stadium that they utilize there in Dazed and Confused. And I had heard of it, and I asked, could I announce there? And uh, after a little while, they gave me some opportunities to do some other things. Uh, a month or so later, I was uh, announcing a softball playoff game. And the head of the UIL, Dr. Mark Cousins, the then head of the UIL, excuse me, um, his wife was the principal of Dripping Springs High School. And she actually heard me announce a, a game between a AISD school and a Dripping Springs, uh, their varsity program there. And she called her husband and held the phone up in the air and said, hey, we need this guy announcing our state championships. So next thing you know, I'm announcing the state championships. This was in 2012. We moved to Austin in the fall of 2011. And so then after that position was kind of put into my lap and, and given that opportunity, that's when I heard about the Spurs position coming open. But, you know, the first thing I saw when I went on their website was you had to have three to four years NBA experience. And I was like, well, that does it for me. I'm out of the running. <laughs> uh, you know, all I had was high school and junior college and, uh, you know, just that type of, of experience. I never had it from the professional level. So, just through a couple of contacts, I met a, I worked with a gentleman by the name of Mike Plummer that summer of 2012. Uh, and he was actually inside the Spurs organization at the time. And he urged me to try out for the job, even though I did not have the experience. And if you know the story, you know, they sent me, uh, to Austin to the D League, uh, in the fall of 2012. The Spurs did. And I announced for the, the, what was then the Austin Toros, of course, now the Austin Spurs. And, uh, made it all the way to the D League finals that, uh, first season. And then the next thing I know, that next fall, I'm, I'm in the Spurs spot, uh, in 2013. So it worked out. There's a lot more to it, but that's the shortest way I can tell you. So you're telling me that the Spurs rose you up the ranks and you became an all-star PA announcer. <laughs> you know, what was cool about it is that I got to work with Corey Joseph up in Austin quite a bit, you know, when they were sending him back and forth to Austin. So I really developed kind of a kinship with him because we were there in a very similar position. I mean, yeah, I was not a part of the Spurs organization down south. He was, but we were both up in Austin you know, being groomed for what we would hopefully eventually become. And you, you see what he's become. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to have the opportunity, you know, to, to move up as well. You hear that Spurs fans, the Spurs development works for not only players, but PA announcers. <laughs> uh, I, I'm same. telling you, it's a great opportunity. If you've got somebody <laughs> that, if that job were to come open again, um, because here's the thing, when I first went up to Austin, the way the games were conducted were not exactly the same way as the Spurs games are conducted. Now they are. So if you announce there in Austin, you're going to be held to the same standard that you're held to down in San Antonio, which is a good thing. And so, You get that real-world experience. And so I know whenever I did a, a high school game, PA announcing that, I essentially my only the only role I had was announce, and I also did some music. What were some of the uh, roles and tasks that you had to do as the PA announcer besides the actual announcing? A lot of uh, PA reads, uh, a lot of promo stuff like that throughout the evening. I'm sure if you've been to a Spurs game, you've you've probably heard me in the beginning of Spurs games um, talking about the Wingstop Ball Kid and um, you know uh, different promos that we do before the game and then during the timeouts and so forth. I did a few appearances for them here or there. I was fortunate enough back in the summer of 2014 after the championship to do a um, uh, basketball clinic uh, with Kawhi Leonard uh, and um, George Gervin and some others down in San Antonio, which is really special to me because 
those kids were amazing and and uh, just kind of getting to see George Gervin the ice man you know and and his reaction with those kids and their reaction towards him and Kawhi Leonard and and others uh, was pretty special for me to just be invited to be a part of that and you are you are a fan favorite we still I as a Spurs fan myself I still miss hearing your voice cuz I always miss hearing Spurs ball and two shots, which you are probably the most well known for. How did I want to know? How did two shots become what it is now? All right. So in the 2016 <laughs> season is when everybody started hearing it for the first time. However, after the 2014 season into the 2015 season, I changed my cadence. Generally, my cadence for free throw shots. For man, my entire announcing career, it had just been basically, for instance, Manu Ginobili at the line, shooting two, something similar to that. And I just got tired of doing that. And um, I just decided during the off season, I said, I'm going to change that up. And I thought about it and, and I just kind of said, that sounds catchy, you know, two shots. So I did that. And I didn't expect anybody to echo it. That was never the intention. It was just mainly for my own benefit because I was getting tired of saying it the other way. Um, and then during the 2016 season, um, you may know the name David Chancellor. Uh, yep. David and Ari Timken, I believe, had a radio program there in e on ESPN San Antonio at the time. And they mentioned one day about my wife's cancer battle and somehow it was spoken of about the two shots that they had heard it in the arena, some fans kind of saying it. And they, they said, man, this needs to be like a, a, um, a tribute to Jonathan's wife. But really and truly, I think the people who started it were the baseline bums. And, uh, because that's where I really remember hearing it for the first time being echoed. And I'll never forget turning to Daniel Casados, who was my right hand man there at the table. And I, I said, did, did you hear that? And, and he said, yeah, I heard that too. And, and then it just got louder from there in the 2016 season. It was never something that we suggested to the fans. It was never something that we prompted the fans to do. It was something the fans chose to do on their own, which is so amazing to me. And I, cause I went to a Spurs math game last week and whenever DeMar or someone, Patty was at the line and they, they said two shots. Any Spurs fan that there was in the crowd, in the way crowd, was yelling two shots. It was, it's <laughs> awesome. My mind. It's awesome. I, I still can't believe that the crowd is still doing. And I went down in, in October and, and shadowed the new public address announcer, Roland Ruiz. And um, I was interested to hear, you know, kind of his take on everything. He does a great job. And, and I think he's chosen to go with a different cadence. I, I, I don't exactly know how the cadence uh, goes specifically, but it's been impressive to me to know that the crowd is still saying two shots, no matter what the, the cadence may be. Yeah. I'll tell you the first time I, I attended a game um, this season, I believe uh, and that cadence, you know, how he said his cadence, everybody, <laughs> the crowd, and this is no, I'm not trying to take a dig at the new PA announcer, but the, the crowd was just, it, it was like they were culture shocked. It was like, Whoa! What is what is this? This doesn't sound right. And so I was sitting, obviously sitting around different fan or all these fans, and we we're just like, um, was that right? Did, did are we supposed to do it? Are we supposed to continue this? Like, and, and people <laughs> still, still two yeah. shots. So, yeah, so yeah, I, it's, I was, it's still growing was, out of it. I was in my office uh, here in Houston uh, one evening, and uh, it was one of the first few regular season games, and I just turned it on for just a moment just to see the crowd and see some familiar faces. And when I heard the crowd do that, I was just kind of blown away. I, I didn't expect it to continue. And um, uh, I think uh, I have always said since then, uh, just keep it a tribute to my wife because it was pretty special during those days when uh, we were kind of going through a rough patch with her cancer battle that that was one of those things that really lifted our spirits. So I'll never forget that. We definitely got to keep it up for sure then. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't see two shots ending it anytime soon. This is, I think two shots is going to be a dynasty in its own. <laughs> Hard for me to fathom. I really is. I, I started out in, 
2014, uh, before the NBA Finals that season, the 2013-14 season, I, I the first thing I added to my arsenal was the three-ball call, you know, just uh, kind of a slur, uh, the word three, but slurring it up, you know, the tone. And um, that was the first thing I added. And then I added Spurs ball with the emphasis to it later on that season. Uh, and it was kind of cool that those two things caught on throughout that uh, playoff run and then the championship. And then we came back, if you remember the ring ceremony and, and uh, against the Dallas Mavericks in 2014 that night, mm. there was a, uh, a review on the floor with uh, just a man. It seemed like a, a few seconds left in the game and, and the, um, the call was turned over uh, via instant replay. And so I, I kind of cued it up in my mind. I was like, hey, this is a perfect time to do Spurs ball, to give the, the crowd the knowledge that, you know, we, we got the ball. It's, it's the, the turn. The call has been overturned. And so uh, I just simply said, if I remember correctly, um, after review of the instant replay, and I held it for just a moment, and then I just, you know, Spurs ball real loud in the crowd. You know, just it, it was crazy, and I, I'll never forget that night. It was pretty special. I think, I think whenever it was a home game for the Spurs, and I was able to watch it, I always loved it because I, because you were were a, I'm not sure you were a master of getting the crowd hyped up to where they needed to be. That Spurs crowd was essentially directed by you and your PA voice. It was. It was always fun to watch, and now as I think, I completely forgot about the three ball that you used to do. I think the one I always think of is whenever you do three, and it's a Tony Parker made a three. I always think of that one in my head for some reason. Yeah, there was one moment in the Houston series before Tony got hurt. Let's uh, see, what would have been? Uh, it would have been 2000, was it the 17 playoffs? Yeah, it would have been the yeah. 17 playoffs. Yeah. He hit a big three. Um there in that game and I've I've watched that one a few times the replay of that one because it was you could tell there was a lot of adrenaline in my voice when that uh, three dropped and and immediately Houston calls timeout and and I also had kind of a an emphasis timeout you know that I always felt like um, I never when it came to timeouts I never said like the Rockets call timeout it was Houston calls timeout, you know, give that emphasis. Like, you know, this is desperate times, desperate measures. They're calling this timeout. And, <laughs> and, and that's what I liked about it because it was kind of like, okay, when you get that run going and, and that team has to call timeout, that's a great pop for the crowd. And that might be a little bit of my wrestling background, having grown up watching wrestling as a kid, you know, I was always about a cheap pop. If you know what a cheap pop is in wrestling. Um, when you can utilize a moment in a game that's like that, when the momentum is on your side and you can get that crowd behind you, that's and that's fun. It's a lot of fun. What was one of your favorite moments? Just as a just while in PA, what was one of your favorite moments from watching a Spurs game for that position? Well, brother, it's it's pretty easy. Um, it's most definitely uh, Manu Ginobili and. The amazing performance against Houston two playoff series ago. Um, I mean, that was just incredible. Kawhi goes down, and and I look up at the clock, and I'm thinking, oh, this is uh, it's going to be tough. And Manu uh, steps up, and Danny Green drives in the hole and goes to the ground and puts one up in the foul, and. And then, of course, Manu from behind blocking James Harden. Mm -hmm. That's always going to stick with me. It just uh, I held a very special place in my heart for Manu Ginobili. I always will. will you are you going to be? Are you going to be attending the game, or are you going to try to attend the game? I, I wish. Uh, I wish I, I could be there. Um, I was hoping for an invitation. Uh, that didn't happen. That's okay. Um, I will uh, be there in spirit, no doubt. I want just as a PA announcer in general. I know that in high, whenever I did the high school, that you run into some weird names for sure. <laughs> and, and I know that with the with the NBA, they usually have the media guy, and so they have the names already pre pronounced. But how did you manage to do some of those difficult names for like high school sports? Well, I'm very big on 
uh, phonetics. You know, you really have to work with phonetic guides, you know, with the NBA. But, you know, just like two weeks ago, we um, we started out with the girls' state championship down at the Alamo Dome. And then the very next weekend, the boys' state championships tournament, both those tournaments. And, and I always take pride in going to the right people and getting those pronunciations and putting them in a phonetic format that I can use to say them accurately. I think there's no lazier thing for a public address announcer than to mispronounce names. There's no excuse for it, really. I mean, especially at the NBA level, like you said, with the um, PR guides and the PR reps that follow these teams, they're going to make sure you say those names correctly. If you take the time to research and do your job as a PA guy, and even at the high school level, if you do your job and you go – and you familiarize yourself with those players' names, then before that game starts, you should have no problem nailing every single name on that list. I don't know. Giannis Antetokounmpo is kind of it's, hard to say. Is it Giannis or Giannis? Giannis. It's Giannis. Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I... keep trying yeah. to tell you, Mac. It's Giannis, not Giannis. I said Giannis, didn't I? <laughs> so, that was one of the first uh, names I'll never forget. Um, the Fox Sports truck kind of jokingly standing up and applauding me as I announced him in the game <laughs> the first time in his rookie season. Uh, that was funny because uh, it was a tough name. You know, people thought, wow, this is very unique. Uh, but again, those PR guides and the phonetic guides, man, they're they're invaluable for that. Yeah, I was about to ask you what was the hardest name. So I'm going to assume Giannis was one of the hardest, harder ones that you had, to, you had to do for NBA games? Maybe. Uh I'm trying to think of of any others that may have uh, been tough, but uh, man, I've called so many names, brothers, that uh, I, it's hard for me to remember at this point. So you you've been watching the Spurs this season, right? Yeah. Um, so what have you thought about this season as a whole? Because it's been very up and down for us. Well, it's it's any time you have that many new faces, that many departures, and that many new faces, it's a growing process. And I, I remarked, if you look back on my Twitter at the very beginning of the season, that there would come a point in this season where defensively, finally, the Spurs would begin to gel. And when it happens, it would be noticeable. And maybe right now, it's more so noticeable than at any other point in the season um, with what they've been able to do in this nine-game uh, winning streak. And, and everything about the Spurs revolves around disciplined defense and just like in a game like tonight being very disciplined about those switches and and doing what needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball it all starts and ends with defense for the spurs um they've got the guys that have the ability to score but the question always is about any nba team these days can you be committed to playing the defense that is required to win at a consistent level in the NBA. Yeah, especially because, at least in, in my opinion, and most is that defense kind of gets that cycle going for the offense. And Absolutely. The Spurs, the Spurs play that a lot. I mean, you go back to uh, the season where we were 40-1 and one at home just a few years ago. Those wins came not because we were blowing people out offensively, those wins came because the Spurs were playing very disciplined defense. Mm-hmm. And and it was very easy to tell that season how things were going to go. If, if the Spurs were playing well defensively, the games were going to go well offensively. Uh, and like you said, one has something to do with the other. No, uh, Jonathan, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, it's been a huge honor and pleasure to uh, to speak with you again. Well, I appreciate it, guys. You guys uh, keep up the great work. Uh, it's kind of funny. You're, you're called at the line, and that was part of my uh, <laughs> spiel. That was – that was, that I was, think it was taken. Two shots. That was something that uh, said quite frequently over the last couple of years. And uh, I was when I was down at the uh, Alamo Dome uh, doing the state championships the last few weeks, people were like, why aren't you doing two shots? 
<laughs> I said, I retired it. I retired it. When I stepped out of that, you know, behind that microphone there with the Spurs, I retired that from me. That's the Spurs. That's theirs, you know. Anything I did while I was there to me belongs to you all. It's not mine. It belongs to you all as the Spurs family. So when I walked away from there this summer and, and we moved here to Houston, I, I made that pledge to myself that those calls um, would stay in San Antonio and, and live on in, in whatever fashion people decided for them to. Well, John, you're always going to be a member of the Spurs family for sure. It, there's, I don't think I've known anyone anyone in your position that has made a such a big impact for Spurs fans as a whole and how that we interact at games of how we interact with our, with our players. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this, especially in any other sports city too. You are, Man, it, it, big it, it's, it's mind boggling to me that you would feel that way. Um, because this little country boy from Alabama, um, <laughs> would have never thought, uh, 10 years ago that, um, anybody would have a reason to say something like that. And, um, I think it's a testimony though, to the folks that I worked with, you know, I had, I had great people to work with there in San Antonio and the Spurs organization. I worked in what they call the game operations department. And I, I reported to guys like Lawrence Payne and, and Frank Maselli and, and many others that, they care about quality and they care about doing things the right way. And and that's what I just tried to do from the day that they first offered me the opportunity till that last time that I held that mic, you know, there on that table in, um, in game four against golden state this past summer. Um, I didn't know that was going to be my last game, but I remembered, as I had done from the very get-go, if this is my last game, I'm going to treat it as such, you know, because I wanted to give it my all every game. So the fact that you would even feel that way, man, that that's, uh, that's pretty uh, humbling to me, so I appreciate it. Man, uh, thank you so much for coming on At The Line. And I was going to say earlier, At The I came, came up with At The Line as kind of inspiration of, of you and two shots. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Cause, Thank cause, you, guys. And y'all, like I said, keep up the great work. I wish you all the best of success. Um, you know, maybe someday we can come back and, and and chat about continued success for the Spurs, and that's what I look forward to seeing out of them. For sure. Well, you can follow Jonathan on on Twitter at Stanford Seven. Is there anywhere else that you want them want the fans to check you out? That's it. I mean, if you ever find me on Facebook, uh, you know, I'm pretty easy to find there on Facebook and I follow most anybody and um, I'm just a common day guy. So not a celebrity. I'm just like you two guys. I just do what I can do and, and enjoy life. So anybody's welcome to follow me. All right. Awesome. Again, thank you, Jonathan Sanford, for coming on at the line. We'll be right back. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content, just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. I'm Jonathan Sanford, former voice of the San Antonio Spurs. You're listening to At The Line Podcast. All right, and we're back here at The Line after that amazing interview with John and Sanford. That was awesome. That was awesome, man. Dude, that was... I mean, just talking to somebody that was so close to the organization is pretty wild. Yeah, it's... 
I've always, like you guys heard in the interview, I, I looked up to John in Sanford whenever I was doing PA announcing for my high school. I thought that was just a great opportunity to talk with him. He's a great dude, and we, would, we can't wait to work with him more in the future for sure on this podcast. But we got we to gotta wrap this up. So we're going to take your Twitter questions. You guys didn't send many, man. I, I got to work off of what we do have. Then we're going to make fun of a certain Bleacher Report article because why not? <laughs> All right, so the first one comes from Jay, because we said his name wrong last time. And then... At least he corrected us. I'm glad he did. (laughs) For any of you that... If we do make your Twitter question and we say your name wrong, please do not feel afraid to call us out. As long as you're not calling me out, just call Mac out. (laughs) But if if we ever don't say your name correctly, please tell us. Because we want to say these names as correct, because I honestly know how my name feels to not be called correctly. So we'll fix that. But Jay says, if DeJounte was clear to come back this season, do you think we'd be better off with him sitting out, or could he contribute to the team now? He says, I think he has enough value to where you can throw him in and not lose much. I think we all know Pop probably won't let him play this far deep, but I'd rather have DeJounte get minutes and play over Marco and or Bren, who can get attacked on defense. Plus, his jumper is showing some promise, and it could be a very exciting twist if he were in playing shape. What do you think, Mac? Yeah, I'm I'm honestly in the mindset that, you know what, at this point, it's just, it's, his initial diagnosis was going to be that he was going to be out for about six to nine months. So right now he's like at the seven-month window, mm-hmm. soon to go to his eighth. So my, my thing is, like, I would rather him have optimal rest than come in and potentially re-aggravate that injury because he tried to rush it. Especially during so, playoff playoff intensity, right? And and not to mention if if you go if you go deep into the playoffs and then he re injures it because it's not a hundred percent, you're only going to prolong that that injury again into bleed into the next season. So it's like at this point right now, I'd rather say you know what, let's just run it with the guys we have. That the Spurs are playing really really well right now. They're gelling. Their chemistry is there. Don't mess up the rotation. DJ, I understand you want to come play, but at this point right now, it would be best for your long-term health and success, just rest. Now, if this happened in in early February, I think I would I think he would come back. Because it, it would allow him time to gel up for the end of season. He'd have the rodeo road trip to be with them, chemistry gym. But since it is in mm-hmm. mid-March and going into April, where this is the last 12, 13 games of the season... It's a bit too late. Fanboy me says, Give me DeJounte! Give me DeJounte! <laughs> but realistic me is going to say, Yeah, DeJounte, I know you are you are fighting. You want to get out. You want to release the beast. But guess what? The beast could be even stronger going to next season. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. It's like his 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 team right now, his, his the people around him need, need to kind of Start talking, start talking to him and be like, hey, it's just relax this year. Just relax. Work on your game. Work on getting healthy. Making sure that knee is 100, 100%. For and sure. the next year, come back even stronger. Like, absolutely. And so, it's, I think next season is going to be pretty interesting because we're going to see, we're also going to see another player who came off at of ACL and uh, Chris Oporzingis, who hasn't played in over a year. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see KP to come back from his injury and see DeJounte come back to his injury at the same time. And I'm I'm excited for that Mavs team with Luka and KP, but I'm even more excited for Derek and DeJounte, the brick wall of defense. Yeah, the Iron Curtain, man. I can't wait for that to happen. So we, we Luckily, we have a whole summer to come up with nicknames for that backcourt duo, but it's going to be great. <laughs> but, I'm excited to see it for sure. But DeJounte should sit out the rest of the season calm, keep... Keep working the beast and be and kill it. Defensive player of the year next season. And you know what? You know what's super refreshing about the whole situation about him being injured and on the sidelines is he's supporting his team. Like whether it's through wow. Twitter, whether it's through wow. Instagram, Snapchat, any of his social medias, and then also like at at the stadium or at the AT and T center, he's supporting his team, and it's awesome to see that because this dude is behind his team hundred percent. So he had that. It's amazing. He had that Instagram post of. I want to win a championship with a picture of a Spurs hoodie or something like that. Dude, I was like, yeah. this is my point guard. This is my yeah. point guard, baby. Exactly. And also, he looks 
clean in those suits. <laughs> I can't like I I will appreciate a nice suit. That dude looks clean in them. Yeah, he looks dapper. All right, for sure. The question I threw in here: Who has the best hair on the team? I would say um, Rudy's got the best hair on the team. It's just kind of afro. Yeah, I like that though. It's cool. Awesome. It's it, good. It fits him. All all time best hair. It's a mix between Tim Duncan's afro or Mondo Ginobili's long hair. Before oh my bo- god. Okay. Yeah. If, if, we're, if we're talking like overall, I'll take Jedi Manu any day oh. over over anybody. Period. Yeah. Jedi Manu wins all the time. But currently, whenever Derek White has his hair like really cleaned up, it has kind of that not afro, kind of that that mohawk afro look. It looks really. Looks, co- it looks really cool. It looks good. I mean, although this 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 whole Spurs team, or there, there's some like obviously Lonnie. With his oh yeah, Lonnie. Like, what am I talking about? Never mind. Yeah, Lonnie wins. <laughs> Levitating like, calf. There, there's. They got a lot of swag in the young guys. They got a lot of swag. Patty has swag. Patty, I liked the way Patty kind of rejuvenated his look. Man, I hated his hair to begin with because I thought his hair was <laughs> the reason why he sucked. <laughs> Dude, his hair looks good. I was like, now. Patty, just shave. <laughs> I like but, Patty's hair because he's still ball. He made in this Warriors game. He made some good shots. He spent some. No, good yeah, time. no, no, no. I I have not Patty for for a long time um, because you know he's been doing he's been doing solid in the beginning of the year. Obviously, he was just sneaking up the floor, but and he was still in his weird phase with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but All right, now it's it looks good. <laughs> so, but moving on with this is perfect transition. There was a Bleach Report article in November of 2018. This was the beginning of the season. The Spurs were on a 4-2 and two r- r- run, and I believe that the Lakers had started with a 2-5 and five record. Well, this article was titled, The Lakers Will Break Out of Their Slump and the Spurs Won't Find Success All Season. Damn, Bleach Report, they really got us there. <laughs> And it's not that, like the Lakers are out of the playoffs or anything, and the Spurs are still cementing it and even fighting for a home playoff position. Damn, Bleacher Report got another one on us. Can't believe it. I can't wait till till old takes exposed, like roast them on that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a great reply to it. I I think my reply was, yeah, the the Lakers are not going to get out of their slump until LeBron demand, demands a trade for the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, he probably already did. I wasn't wrong. Yep, hey, you weren't wrong. They didn't make a trade. LeBron did demand a trade for everyone else. They didn't make a trade, and they never got out of their slump. So I'm kind of right there, aren't I? Do you have no idea how how upset I am that they that they bought the rights to the UCL and for how long? I don't know, but it's just so horrible and just the worst coverage ever, and it sucks so bad. <laughs> And Bleacher Report Live is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I think that's a good point to wrap it up. <laughs> you sound like me with pal. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, well that's that's us for that's it for at the line today. <laughs> <With a, laughs> <laughs> Alright, well you check us out at our home base at at the line podcast.com or you can find us on all the beautiful apps that we are on on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Pocket Casts, I'm trying to think of other ones. You, Wherever you get, listen to your podcast. Most of you guys listen on Anchor or Apple Podcasts anyway. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at the Lion Pod. You can find me and Mac at Ty Yeager Radio and at Mac Penn Media. You can also find the amazing Jonathan Sanford at Sanford7 on Twitter. So don't forget to also check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RUPodCommunity or on their webpage bit.ly forward slash rise up pod community that's bit.ly slash rise up pod community you can also buy merch at our new link at bit.ly slash at the line store where you can find hoodies t-shirts tank tops the guy's drunk because we have a lot of those but you can find all your at the line merch at bit.ly slash at the line store or you can find it on the link at our home base at the linepodcast.com at the Line is also part of Belly Up Sports. Visit bellyupsports.com for articles and podcasts of all your favorite sports or on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports, be bold and stand out. You have any last words, Mac? Nah, just uh, I think I'm going to go get some cereal. I'm pretty hungry after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
dude, just being being as as um, I'm trying to think of what the word is for the win. Being as there you go. after roasting Bleacher Report like that and winning against the against Warriors like that again. Big thank you, Jonathan Sanford, for hanging out with us, and we happy to see happy to have them on the podcast. And again, we'll be back here at the line. See you guys later.